Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Standard Times podcast. I'm digital editor Brennan Curie, and joining me again today is reporter Kurt Brown, who has been at the uh, Michelle Carter trial uh, for the last couple of weeks, and uh, today wrapped up, uh, well, the case, really. Uh, They had closing statements, and the judge now has the case. That's absolutely correct. It's an important thing to remember here is that it's a jury wave trial, that we don't have a jury, that the judge is going to be the, um, the judge is the uh, fact finder, the sole arbiter of the facts. He will make the decision there is no jury. Um, judge, so the case right now is in the hands of Judge Lawrence Monis. Um He said that uh, he, would, he is taking the case under advisement. Um, he said that he, his decision will, be ma- will not be made immediately. Um, but he said that he will give one day's notice before he makes the decision. He was big on explaining how he'll announce the decision, but not just not when. He said that when he has made a decision, he's going to notify the clerk's office. The clerk's office will notify the two attorneys. The clerk's office will also notify the media. And the his decision will be announced the next day in open court. So he'll have about a 24-hour correct notice that the verdict will be coming out before it's actually announced. That's absolutely correct. We won't have to rush to Tartan with about half an hour's notice. (laughs) Now, you've been in the the case almost every day. Uh, How long do you think this is going to take? My my gut feeling is that he has moved this case right along. He has tried to be as expeditious as as possible, and I think if he expects those qualities of uh, other people, he also expects those of, uh, those qualities of him. My gut feeling is that he'll reach a decision on Monday and the ver- or Tuesday. The verdict will be announced uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. That's just a guess. I, I do not know, but that's my gut feeling. That would give him Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to deliberate. He says he is going to apply the law to the appropriate facts. All right. Now, today, uh, the afternoon was pretty much taken up by closing ceremonies, today being Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, what were some of the, I guess, start with the defense, what were some of the highlights from their closing well, statements? We, uh, before we get to that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so Michelle Carter. That was yeah. one of the big questions. Was, was Michelle Carter going to testify? As we talked about last week, that was a million-dollar question, and uh, consistent with the uh, defense's strategy, and that they played it safe. Uh, that they did not uh, call Michelle to testify. Uh, Michelle would have uh, is in a very fragile state, according to the testimony, and would have had to answer all the uh, tweets that she has sent out. So, so she did not end up taking the stand. So we didn't didn't hear from her directly. That's correct. Um, but then we did end up hearing the defense's closing statements. That's correct. In the afternoon, and I think both uh, attorneys uh, argued. Uh, Presented well, 
well-prepared arguments. The entire case was very well tried. Uh, uh, Joseph Cataldo, uh, the defense attorney, he maintains that Conrad Roy dragged Michelle Carter into this, what he called, a drama. He said that uh, behind everything is that Conrad Roy wanted to eventually commit suicide. And uh, he, uh, the defense attorney, said that Roy chose to stay in, in contact uh, with Michelle Carter, had the option, but did not block her phone number. He could have done that, and it would have eliminated any efforts on her part to give him a call. He says also, he urged the judge to also look at the medical records of Conrad Roy. That would show his suicidal thoughts, and more importantly, his rejection of uh, offers of help and also offers of, uh, suggestions of going into inpatient facilities to correct his uh, anxiety problems, uh, social anxiety problems that he had with others, not with members of his family. Um, he, uh, the defense attorney said that Michelle Carter eventually just became overwhelmed by Conrad Roy's suicidal thoughts and his negativity, and that coupled uh, with her own issues uh, caused, him, caused her to eventually aid him in his suicide. Uh, the defense argued that Conrad had an in intense dis intent, they, as they called it, to commit suicide. Um, Cataldo also made a great deal of some very small points. He Which said, he, "Yeah, he said that Conrad Roy. There were many physical steps that Conrad Roy took um, without Michelle Carter's assistance uh, and without Michelle Carter being present. Um, that indicated." Um, his desire to commit suicide, and also, in the defense's opinion, uh, cast reasonable doubt mm -hmm. on Michelle Carter's uh, guilt, such as putting the water pump in the truck, uh, driving to the former Kmart in Fairhaven where he finally committed suicide, turning the device on. Um, the defense called it a, a choice to commit suicide. So it seems like the crux of it is really coming down to who created this situation. That is right. Did Michelle Carter create it or did Conrad Roy create it? That's right. And that's and, what they're, and they're trying he, to, the judge will have to decide. He will. And, and the prosecution today uh, acknowledged that early on that Michelle Carter um, tried to discourage him from uh, committing suicide. But moreover, though, the prosecution, their prosecutor, Katie Rayburn, uh, blamed Michelle Carter uh, uh, for what eventually happened. She focused um, on Michelle's statement over the phone on July uh, 13, 2014, when he finally does commit suicide, to get back in the truck. Yes, that the, seemed like it was a key moment. Yes. That was when he had stepped out of the truck, and then it seemed like he was questioning things a little bit, or and then she... Uh, told him to get back in, and that, that seems to be a big point the prosecution has been pointing out throughout the case. And that is what all, um, all fact finders in this case have pointed to. The uh, juvenile court judge in the, Bedford, in the Bedford Juvenile Court, Bettina Borders, she focused on that get back in the truck 
as being reasons for probable cause. The state Supreme Judicial Court, when the defense appealed her ruling, also focused on that, get back in the truck. So those few words just uh, resonating with this uh, entire case from beginning to end. Mm. There's also a key text, I believe, she sent to, I forget if it was one of her friends, that said, uh, his death is my fault. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the prosecution also argued that, uh, that Michelle Carter was not going to let uh, Conrad Roy live, that uh, while the two of them are on the phone, uh, she is in Plainville on the phone with him, and she doesn't call the police. Uh, she, in their words, she sat and listened to him lie, die, I'm sorry. Um, there was a quote from... Um, Prosecutor Katie Rayburn, which I... Yeah, very poignant quote. Oh, extremely. I'm going to read it now. Uh, quote, um, she listened to his last words. She listened to his last breath. She listened to him die. And, uh, and that's not even really being disputed. No. So. No, no, not at all. Then um, she also uh, had, I guess, asked him earlier that to send out a tweet. While, it was a little confusing while he was dying or before... He tried to commit suicide and tag her in it so her friends would see it. That the, seemed a little bizarre. That sure was. That was very, very weird. That um, Katie Rayburn said that um, while he's committing suicide, she is asking him to uh, send out a tweet. What exactly he's going to say was unclear. But she, uh, but Katie, she being Katie Rayburn at this uh, time. Uh, said that Michelle Carter asked Conrad Roy to tag her on it. And by tagging her on it, then all Michelle Carter's friends would see it. it, Um, The prosecutor called uh, Michelle Carter manipulative and said this was all done to uh, get attention. Uh, She had a great quote that said, uh, this is all about me. All right, well, now it's in the judge's hands, and Mm -hmm. uh, we'll wait and see either. Possibly at the end of this week, but it sounds like more likely uh, next week. Uh, we'll uh, be all waiting to hear the uh, the verdict here. So, uh, the, anything else that stood out from you from, yes, from today's uh, testimony uh, or closing statements? Mm-hmm. The uh, prosecutor mentioned that Conrad Roy. Uh, I had a chance just briefly to talk to his family, and it was casual off the record today during the break, but uh, uh, Katie Rayburn said that Conrad Roy was working through his problems, um, that he loved his family, he knew that he had a loving and caring family, and he wanted to live for them. Uh, Conrad Roy, remember, was 18 years old, and uh, a time when uh, young men begin to find maturity and wisdom. Um, the last point that Katie Rayburn made was that Michelle Carter combined I love you with now kill yourself. Quite the dichotomy. Quite the dichotomy indeed. Yes. All right. Well, it's been an interesting trial. Uh, sure for is. Sure. And uh, I think it's going to, uh, and we have now have the next chapter to look forward to, the, the final decision, and uh, I'm sure sh- 
I am certain there will be reaction regardless of uh, what the verdict is. Yes, either way, there will be a motion. That's, yes, there will be. That's, that's a certainty. So, All right, well, we thank our listeners and our viewers on Facebook Live for joining us. Thank you for joining me, thank Kurt. You, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back talking again uh, after a verdict is Great. delivered. Let's do it. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.